Hi folks and welcome to uh, the introductory video on the topic of God. What an amazing thing to spend a quarter of an hour and think you can say almost anything worthwhile about God. So right at the outset, I want to say this. When God wanted us to know what he's like, he sent Jesus. So the truth be told, if you really want to understand God and you want to keep it real simple, get into Jesus. That's where you sort of see how it all works out. But for those of you who are a little bit more philosophical, uh, it would not hurt to say a few things about God and to talk a little bit about the experience that you're likely to have as you get to know God and as you try to walk with God and, and uh, develop this spirituality and, and work with this whole idea of a life with God. Because Christianity is, above everything else, a right relationship with God. And out of that flows everything else, all of the social justice, all of the community stuff, all of the loving one another stuff, all of the morality and good character and identity. It all comes out of a relationship with God. So it doesn't hurt a bit to spend a few minutes just thinking about God himself. So these are just some ideas to get you going on a journey that's going to take you decades. Uh, it's huge. Bible is full of this thing called paradox. Now, on the one hand, on the other hand, have you ever tried to put up a tent and you only got the ropes for one side? So you, you get the ropes really nice and tensioned on one side of the tent, well, the thing's going to fall over in a heartbeat, isn't it? You've got to get the ropes on both sides. And the paradoxes of life and of God are the tension that holds everything up. Somebody said it was almost like a train track. You know, you, you try to run a you know, normal train on one track and that's called a crash. You've got to have both. And, you know, sometimes the weight's more on one, sometimes the weight's more on the other. But you've got to be comfortable with the idea you need two tracks to run a train. My father-in-law had a great image. He said, you know, you're walking across the top of an absolutely, you know, top of a, 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 a steep hill um, mountain and it's covered in snow. Well, you can't walk across the top of the thing. You're going to have to walk on one side for a bit and then on the other side for a bit. That's what paradox is. It's the stuff that's both true and you need both for it all to work. And sometimes it's more one way, sometimes it's more the other. Get used to that. And get used to Christians who, who are, you know, in my view, some of them go too far one way and too far the other. And, you know, you're going to spend a long time when you're early on in this Christian thing just working out, well, where do I sit on some of this paradoxical stuff? Where, which, which is more important to me? And, and my experience of God, what helps me understand that more? What is that thing that draws me into God? And, and you're going to have to get used to that because God is a very complex person. Very complex. So let's go straight to the very beginning of things. Genesis chapter 1, first, first chapter in the Bible. There's a picture of God painted there. It's really pretty terrifying. He stands outside the system. He speaks things like, let there be light. And there is. And he calls things into being. And if the physicists are right, in the first moment of the Big Bang, you know, there was 10 to some billions of distance of light years created in that instant. Whoa! This is the God who is really different to us. Scary. Powerful. Not to be messed with, right? Go to chapter 2. And it's like another God turned up. It's like, what? 
You've got a God now who's walking in the garden with the people that he made. He's talking to them. He's relating to them. He's, he's, he's chatting with them at the end of the day. He wants to know how they went. What? Is God this intimate friend? Is God this transcendent scary guy? Which one's right? Well, both are what will hold the tent up. You get too palsy with God, it loses all cut. God is, God is not your mate. God is the God of deep space and deep time and the galaxies. But if you only go to that, you miss the best part. God is the one who dwells in you by his spirit, who walks with you day by day, who knows your thoughts before you have them, who is ordering your day and creating opportunity for you. Now, they're both true. You get two, oh, but God is just my little playmate. Well, yeah, you lose it. Yet God is terrifying and none of us can know him. Well, what's the point? It's both in, right? So get used to that. I love the name that God gave himself when he spoke to Moses. And it's a name that a lot of people won't say out loud because it's sort of really holy. But God, it translates as, I am. I just am. I am existence itself. I'm the only one who hasn't, doesn't have to justify himself or prove himself or worry about his existence. I just am. And there's a, there's a sort of almost playful hiddenness in that. What's your name, God? Well, I just am. Oh, okay. <laughs> and there's also an incredible truth. I am everything. I am everywhere. You know, it, it's, it's wonderful. It's this hiddenness of a God who gives us the name that we can use to say, hello, God, and call him something. And that name itself takes us into this mystery of a God who is so far beyond our knowledge. I read something recently that I love. The problem with God is not that he can't be known. The problem with God is that he is endlessly knowable. And we will honestly spend eternity getting to know more and more and more of this awesome person who is God. So that by way of introduction. Yes, it is paradoxical. Yeah, get used to that. And yes, your experience of God will be paradoxical. There will be times where you will feel the fear of the Lord. There will be times where you will feel the love of the Lord. There you will be times where you will look and think, God, why have you taken your hand off me? There'll be times when you'll know the amazing forgiveness of God. It's all there, and it's all God. So the next thing, next big concept, you're going to hear this phrase a lot, Trinity. God is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So let me try to explain that to you really quickly. Christians were very crazy, mixed up kids. We turned up, and we had experienced God, and we were still experiencing God. We experienced God in Jesus. He walked around. He actually used that name, I am, seven times in John's Gospel. He uses that name, I am, about himself. And he's claiming, he's, I'm God. And by the way, anybody who, anybody who wants to tell you that Jesus is a great moral teacher has got it wrong. You know, if he's not God, he's an absolute ratbag liar and horrible person. Um, the things he said about himself, the claims that he made. And uh, yeah, he's a horrible, horrible person if he's not God. So don't, don't let that one through to the keeper. It's, it's a complete falsehood. But Christians, 
And, and the people around at the time looked at Jesus and said, this is God visiting us. This is the perfect fusion of what God and humanity would look like. This is a man that we can look to and go, that's the example for everything. This is God in our midst telling us what he's like, explaining himself to us. That's why the Jesus thing is so incredibly important. We experience God in Christ. Jesus dies. He rises. He goes back to heaven. He sends his spirit. He says things like, if I, if I go away, it'll be better for our relationship. Because you won't have to travel to Palestine to find me. I will be found in your heart. I'll come. I'll make my home in you. And so this Holy Spirit comes. And the Christians are walking around. There are miracles happening. There are bizarre things. There are completely transformed lives. The Christians were known as the people who would run into danger. They would run in when people were hurting. And it didn't matter what the consequence. They weren't scared of death. They knew they were going to heaven. They knew they were forgiven. They were good to go. They were ready to serve. And they would run in. And this is this Holy Spirit inspiring them. And so they were talking all this stuff. And, and finally, people started to ask and said, well, hang on. You guys came out of the Jewish thing, didn't you? Yeah. One God. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. One God. So God is God. Yes. Jesus is God. Yes. Yes. The Holy Spirit is God. Yes. Yeah. How many gods have you got? Just one. So the idea of Trinity is really just to explain our experience that, that we've had of God. It puts the value on Jesus. The Jesus thing is utterly unique. This is where God walked among us. This is one of the really crucial things that people miss. Christians believe Jesus is God in our world. His words are the words of God. And it just values Jesus at that point. The Holy Spirit, God who is with us now, powerful. God who is awesome and terrifying in power and ruling in heaven. Yep, that too. So the Trinity you will use as a, a grid for your understanding of God. When you, when you want to worship God, you will go to the Father image, that, that awesome, powerful, whoa, person. When you want to know what God is like, you'll go to Jesus. And when you need to just know God, that will be the Holy Spirit within you. So please don't ever think that theology or philosophy is trying to psychoanalyze God. That can't be done, right? Nothing psychoanalyzes God. Nothing explains God. No words hold God. But the Trinity is just a, a way we have to sort of try and say, these are the, the big ways that God has come and visited us. And yes, God is transcendent and terrifying. And yes, God is nearer than breath. And yes, God is someone I don't even begin to know. But God is the one who knows me so well and who is in my mind and my mouth and my heart and my hands. And, and it's all true. It's all true. So there are just three big words that I want to leave you with. And, uh, and that will be enough. Then pull down the discussion guide and, and read some Bible and just, just get caught in the worship of God. Because look, honestly, the words about God are not meant to really help you understand. You're not going to understand God. Get over it. It's there to lead you to worship this God. To realize the power that is invading your life. To realize the, the vast story of God cosmic time that you are now part of because you're in Christ. To realize that the power that God used when he raised Jesus from the dead actually dwells in you. 
Oh, the, the potential of this, the holiness to the Lord that Jesus had, tempted every way we are but without sin. That's in us too. The Bible says, yes, it is. And you know, when we're at our stillest and our best, we know it's true. It gives us such a vision to move us forward, such encouragement. So that's what that's about. Three big words. They all start with omni, okay? Omni means everything or all. God is omniscient. It means he knows everything. Let me tell you how that works at a practical, experiential level. God actually knows every detail of your life. Every detail. He knows what he made you for. He knows what your destiny is at its best. He knows how smart you are. He knows everything about your education and your experiences. He knows all about your DNA. He's got, he knows you. He also knows all of the garbage that other people have put on you. He knows the damage that you carry from the, the sins that have been committed against you. He knows how hard life has been. He knows all of that. He knows how sometimes you act out inappropriately, sinfully. He knows it all. And he still loves you. That's actually in part how love and mercy paradoxes come together. God actually does understand. The Bible says Jesus is a compassionate high priest. He gets us. He knows us. And we can be confident that his judgments are right and true in every way. And just, just on that, remember always that the judgment of God is what happened to Jesus. You are forgiven, okay? You are forgiven. You are made whole in Christ. Your journey is to work that out, okay? Omniscient. He knows everything there is to know about you. And he's so proud of what he made, and he so wants to see it come into its own at its best. Second one, omnipresent. That means not that God is sort of vaguely everywhere like a vapor. It means that God is 100% available to me now. He is present with me, 100% attentive to me. If I pray, he will hear. If I'm in trouble, he will be present. If something goes wrong, he'll work it out. He'll make it right. And he's doing that for 7 billion people at the same time. And he is not diminished in his power or his presence or his attention for you by the fact that he's 100% available to me. That is, I think, the sweetest thing I know about God. He's present. He's present. And the great art for me of, of the spiritual life is learning to experience that on a moment-to-moment, day-by-day basis. How is God present to me in the mundane realities of earning my living? How is God present to me in my marriage? How is God present to me in my parenting, in my intellectual life? How is God present to me in the parts that really suck, the things that are just shocking and I don't like them? How is God present in that? How is God present when everything turns to custard? Well, that's the joy of it, is working that out. Because when you see it, the last one starts to work out, is omnipotent. He is all powerful. He is all powerful, but we've all got this wretched choice that we can make at any point to do what we want or what he wants. We can love or we can hate. We can build or we can destroy. You know, we can we can just do whatever we want. That's how God put us together. That's the freedom he gave us. 
And so he gives us an absolute uncontrolled privilege to treat one another as we will. But for those of us who've met Jesus, he calls us to work with him for the rebuilding of the earth, for the creation of a new humanity, a whole new way of being alive that works in community and in loving one another and so on and on. But the omnipotence of God, it doesn't compromise any of that. If someone wants to do something terrible to me, they can do it. It's that simple. Um, the omnipotence of God means this, though. God is with us in every step we take and in every moment we have. And he's working stuff together for our good. And if you hang around with God and if you stay humble, and if you don't forget that he asks the questions of you, not you of him, over time, you will find absolutely what, what the Bible promises. Everything sort of works together. It, it works out well when we love him and we're doing what we're supposed to do. Now, I'm looking forward to a world where, where I can see the power of God uncorrupted by our choices. Where I can see the presence of God uncorrupted by my spiritual blindness and deafness. Where I can be knowing God as I have been known. That, that's heaven. That, that's coming. That's great news. But for now, my mission, my spiritual mission, is to walk into as much of that as a saved sinner can. It's not an easy journey. It is full of paradox. And... Jesus said, I'll promise you this, if you walk with me, you'll have abundant life. My experience of that is what he said, you're to take up your cross and follow me. There can be abundant pain. There can. There can be abundant confusion. There is abundant joy. There's certainly abundant love. And above everything else, there is the presence and the knowledge of God. Welcome to the journey. I, I, I fear greatly that what I've said is inadequate and, and misrepresents God. But the truth is, there's no greater joy. I'll finish with a story from a guy who, uh, I won't name him in case I've got the story wrong, but he and a very popular Australian philosopher were mates. And they were out one night under the stars. And, uh, and they were talking. And uh, the philosopher said, I know what you're thinking. He's not there. <laughs> and uh, this guy said something smart. He said, you know, this guy's a doctrinaire atheist. And my biggest problem with him is he is boring. He said, give him 20 minutes and he's told you everything he knows. He said, I may be confused. I may be unspiritual. I may not be the holy man that I aspire to be, but at least I'm interesting. I am prodding and poking at life. I'm looking for God. I'm, I'm, I'm on this quest and I'm on this mission and I see the miracles sometimes and, and it's just powerful. And I wouldn't swap this for the world. And I'm here to tell you, walking with Jesus, at least it's going to be interesting. You're going to love it. Welcome to God.